this is Surya Sahaj. Welcome to the Insurance Story Podcast, a platform to spread knowledge on insurance innovation, digital disruptions, and entrepreneurship. Our website, insuretechstory.com, and we are available on Spotify, Apple, and Google. Today, we will discuss on the topic how parametric insurance can make insurers more resilient. And for now, I'm delighted to welcome our guest, Piers Clark and Kasi Magbar, who are the co-founders of Innovatrix Capital Limited. Piers and Kasim co-founded Innovatrix Capital in 2022, a startup MGA bringing a bleeding-edge parametric solution for clinical trial phase failure to the market, and which is currently part of the Lloyd's Lab cohort nine. Piers and Kasim, welcome on board. Thank you. Thanks, sir. Um, Thanks, would you like to tell a bit about your organization? What motivated you to, you know, start this, and particularly why parametric? Absolutely. Uh, well, should we give a bit of a background about ourselves, and that leads into, you know, absolutely. Perhaps. Yep. Uh, well, I'll, I'll quickly start about myself, uh, Castle Upper here. Uh, by background, I've worked in the insurance space for uh, about fifteen or so years uh, across. All, all classes of risk, life insurance, and then moved into non-life and risk, primarily on the analytics, actuarial, and uh, financial financial modeling side. Um, worked as a, as a consultant for many years and in industry for uh, uh, before that. Subsequently moved into the reinsurance broking arena where we were taking a lot of the ideas we were developing as consultants and deploying them for our, for our clients, particularly with the change in solvency regimes within Europe uh, for Solvency 2. Uh, and that really expanded certainly my horizon uh, with respect to the insurtech scene and, and looking across the value chain at opportunities within the, the wider insurance reinsurance space. And during that time, I met with peers. Uh, we became good friends. And uh, we started discussing um, over the last maybe 18 months, we started discussing uh, areas that we could explore particularly around the intangible risk or intangible asset space which which is where we started um, started the innovatrix journey uh, one of the goals was to look at the insurance sector and, and look for let's say uncorrelated risks or new opportunities for insurance carriers and we we started with our respective backgrounds looking into uh, life sciences in particular but i'll we'll, we'll go into that in more detail no doubt i'll let Piers introduce himself Yes, uh, uh, I'm Piers Clark. Uh, I'm quite complimentary to Cassim. My background, uh, I've enjoyed a career um, probably over, over 30 years involved in the insurance industry, mainly as a, uh, from a commercial and investment banking perspective. Uh, I started as an insurance credit analyst at Citibank before moving into commercial banking at Barclays and then ultimately into investment banking at uh, BZW focusing on the insurance sector uh, across mergers and acquisitions, capital raising, and sort of strategic advice, ultimately joining ABN AMRO within their, their financial institutions group, corporate finance team, uh, and became managing director of that uh, following the acquisition by RBS. Uh, subsequently, I set up my own consultancy business, working on advisory and fundraising for early stage in short tech and uh, the insurance industry and uh, PE firms within that, and through one of those, uh, through one of my projects, I met up with with Cassim a couple of years ago, and uh, after various cups of coffee, I think we discovered that we had a mutual interest in looking at the the alternative risk side of things, and particularly the as Cassim says, the intangible 
assets, which obviously are growing in in interest within the insurance industry. And uh, that led us effectively to, to establishing Innovatrix Capital to focus uh, on, on the intangible assets that we had identified within the, the life science space. Uh, and that, uh, that started us on our, our current journey. Well, excellent. I think pretty, pretty rich financial services experience that you guys are bringing forth. And of course, that destined, you know, meet to dive into the insurance space. Um, awesome. Well, a warm welcome once again to both of you. And, you know, today's uh, discussion as we primarily focus on the parametric side of the insurtech uh, uh, business. What specific benefits, you know, do you think are provided by parametric? I mean, why are industries actually looking into these options? Any examples, demonstrations covering the claims payment side, coverages, you know, any flexibility to consumer that you see? Hey, do you want to start? Yes, um, yes I mean, we, we, we looked at... Um, so the area of life sciences, and we're, we're keen to try and see how we could make things very, very simple. And parametric sort of suggested to us that the process there can provide transparency, uh, speed, um, and efficiency. Mm-hmm. And around that, we felt that um, if the requirements are in place, the factors that are in place for a parametric solution are available, then, um, you know, there, there is a, a, it's very suitable. And I think the area that we, we felt was, are you able to find a, the benchmark, the measurement, the data analytics that can provide the basis of a parametric solution? Right. And if, if, if that's possible, then the process can be built around that um, providing the benefits, as I say, of, of transparency to to all parties uh, and sort of speed speed of, of the process, particularly on the claims side. Absolutely. So, um, so that's uh, sort of where we were coming from in terms of our solution. Thinking, if we can get those sort of pieces of the jigsaw, as it were, in place, then we can deliver and build a, a, a very attractive proposition around that. Okay. Um, I think just to add to Piers' points, uh, I, think, I think it comes down to contract certainty as well. Um, I think with a parametric solution, you're much, much uh, better at being able to define what exactly is being covered. We saw this particularly with the pandemic, um, right. where a lot of people were struggling. A lot of companies were struggling. The B2B products were, were, were not necessarily paying out. There were coverage gaps and or contention uh, with respect to what is covered as part of uh, of certain policies, so business disruption was a, of course, a big, mm-hmm. a big space here. Um, one of the other things I think the, the beauty of parametric ultimately comes down to how, the, the modelling behind it and how closely that that resembles the real world. We've seen um, parametric play a big part, for example, in the weather space, um, whether it's ensuring. Uh, sort of farmers uh, looking at uh, protecting their crop yield uh, through a different mechanism, or even uh, power generation firms looking at especially renewable energies, uh, wind farms and, and solar farms and so on, looking at protecting their uh, their their output. Uh, you can see the applications of parametric 
uh, growing very, very quickly because of the availability of, of data. And that was, was really critical for us. We looked at these case studies or these examples as uh, almost as a, as a guide to whether or not this is possible. Now, we're not uh, necessarily exclusively tied to uh, a parametric solution. That, of, of course, it comes down to the individual uh, in, insurers behind our uh, behind our uh, program. So they they may or may not have an appetite, but because of the, the availability of the data we have, we we can structure it either as a an indemnity solution, semi parametric, even with a double trigger, or a pure parametric solution as mm -hmm. required. That, that can take that can cater for both the insurer's uh, requirements internally and, of course, the, the client and their, their needs ultimately as well, if they if they have a preference. Right. And I think um, your, your focus is primarily on the health side of it, because parametric do have a you know, lot of uh, uh, demonstrations and case studies that's been happening on the travel side. Uh, yes. But your focus is on the health side. So any any example from that side of the business? We haven't really seen much beyond sort of what we're, we're introducing. Um, health, I mean, I can see very clearly that you've got health trackers coming in, for example, right. with, uh, with health insurers and or life insurers. Um, mm. And you've got some wonderful MGAs that are coming through that are offering app-based solutions, which are capturing analytics at, at all times, right? They're, they're they're working on the basis of active intervention and promoting well-being and healthcare in general. Uh, that that's more of a B two C product. However, certainly from my experience, I've not seen them um, structure it in a in a parametric sense. You, you know, where a payout is based on uh, certain metrics that um, that for each client, for example, a customer doesn't achieve X, therefore therefore they get uh, a payout. I've not yet seen that, but it's certainly an area that you could see developing once the data is is, is available for, for that purpose. Yeah, yeah, true. I mean, from our point of view, just, just to add, we've, we have looked at the healthcare space, I suppose, but we're, we're very focused within that healthcare space at research and development. We're looking at clinical trials, <coughs> their evolution, their progress as, uh, as they progress through their various phases. This is post, uh, or rather after the preclinical phase. So yeah. they've submitted a protocol to their relevant regulatory bodies they're in either phases one two or three which is up to the final approval point and what we found as we as we started investigating was that there is limited to no risk mitigation for somebody sponsoring a clinical trial uh, or a clinical yeah. trial phase let's say uh, which is where we thought what, what exactly are they doing what what are the private equity the hedge funds the, the venture capital funds that are supporting these ventures, how, how are they uh, securing their return? And it's, it, it was relatively simple to the extent that you've got uh, you've got a fund and you, you diversify your interests. You don't invest in one trial only. You spread the risk around 5, 10, 100 trials, and you bank on the fact that the valuations of a successful trial phase will be sufficient to cover yeah. the failures that are inevitable. And an industry which has historically an 85% failure rate you, you think that's quite a, a, a it's, it's such a niche and such a difficult one to get right. And if there was a way to provide downside protection, we suspect and we believe uh, that that would be something that the whole industry would benefit from. And they, they'd absolutely want to uh, want, want to pick up a solution like that. Yeah, 
I think it's a very important segment for insurance to look at and certainly, you know, would love to see how it's uh, implemented in NHS. Um, you know, um, with respect to, again, the parametric part, we are living in the age of data and technology, right? That's so right. Absolutely. as compared to the traditional insurance, why do you think parametric is so effective in this age of data and technology? Generally, I think it's because of the real-time nature of that data, the fact that you're able to store it more easily, more conveniently, you've got access to it where you're not relying on judgment anymore as such. And, and judgment often right. incurs many, many errors. Unfortunately, that's just the nature of it. The, the other benefit, of course, is is the expenses. I mean, we know with, with insurance, the combined ratio we, we all talk about to, to demonstrate the profitability of a of an insurance venture is is based on both the claims and, of course, the expenses. And yeah. with uh, traditional traditional indemnity based insurance, you you've got quite a, a heavy expense base. You've got to hire uh, competent, very expert underwriters. You've got to have a very very strong claims team. You've got to have uh, actuaries behind all of that, and you know you've got to have a very very big outfit necessarily to to run those sorts of products. And it, it's not only expensive; it's also time consuming. With Parametric, you've got the flexibility. You can offer different uh, sums of uh, of insurance, sums insured. You've got different. Um, you, you can also reverse engineer it in such a way that if there's an affordability challenge from the client's point of view, you can adjust the limit of cover there. Um, and you you've also got, as I say, you've got contract certainty where traditional indemnity solutions, especially the longer tail lines, have uh, a, a relatively large, let's call it IBNR incurred but not reported with these you've got the certainty that it's an annual policy it's a case of you're reappraising uh the the insured to see whether or not they've had a claim and that's assessed based on the modeling now it's either your own internal model which the client has signed up for or it's an external third party which you've all agreed to utilize and say that their assessment is going to be the trigger let's say for uh, for a claim and that can be done instantaneously more or less compared to the traditional insurance uh, which means that you've got, uh, as an insurer, you you know whether you can earn the entirety of the premium or you you pay out a claim. So it changes the insurance dynamics completely uh, using a parametric solution for the better, we believe. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, th there is often an information imbalance in insurance, right, which is quite, you know, widely witnessed in the industry. So, uh, Pierce, I would really like to yes. understand from you, how do you think parametric insurance solving this problem, giving more power to the insurer? when it comes to risk? Well, I think um, one of the things I was going to add was in terms of the, 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 the measurements that are used are already out there, you know, typically already out there. So it's very, very acceptable, uh, the measurements that, that are, are provided. But I think, um, you know, from, a, from an insurer's perspective, there's quite a degree of control around that measurement of where, yeah. where the thresholds are set, set, where the triggers are set, for example. Um, that can also be very backed up by the data analytics behind it. So, you know, that the, the insurers can get comfortable that at a certain trigger point, you know, loss, they can assess the probabilities and the, the, um, the, the, effectively the scale of the losses there. So I think a lot of analytics can be done around that, benefiting from the, the analytics through those measures. But I think if, um, I can, if I can add to that as well, Piers, I think the, the, one of the cruxes here is that 
with typical traditional indemnity solutions, it's not clear necessarily to the client that how how that pricing or rather the risk assessment has been conducted. I think I think that's potentially what you're asking, is it Surya? Yeah. And I think from, from our point of view, well, with any parametric actually thinking about it, you are being very transparent about what what exactly is covered in terms of if it's a weather trigger, you're you're saying, for example, setting a level of rainfall that you're 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 going to protect against from our point of view as a as as life sciences uh clinical trials phase failure mm-hmm. we're being very clear about what the likelihood of success is day one they're very that's that's noted up front and then we we very clearly articulate what uh what the key drivers of that likelihood of success are yeah. and those are the those are the ultimate parameters that are that form part of our policy wording so the client is very, very aware of what the what the drivers are for us and our assessment of not only the price but also the claim. So they they have a protocol out of which you know there are a hundred or so factors that come out. Our modelling uh, through our partner enables us to, to regress that further and, and come up with up to three hundred and fifty factors, mm-hmm. which are noted for the client. So they can see this is how my insurance company is assessing the risk, and they've got full full visibility but also accountability against those metrics. Now, one of the key areas for us, for example, might be recruitment of patients. We've, we've often mentioned this before. Recruitment is a big deal because it demonstrates the validity of your thesis as as the as a scientific officer or the, the scientist running the trial. If you're running a, uh, if you're running a trial in, in say an obscure jurisdiction or, mm-hmm. or uh, geography, it becomes more difficult necessarily to recruit the, the right number of patients to trial your particular thesis on, uh, which then becomes a, a major rating factor, let's call it. So those are clearly articulated to our clients. And, and the beauty of what we're trying to achieve is is the circular feedback. It's very important for us to enhance wherever possible the client's potentiality or possibility of success by advising them through through the data analytics, which they may or may not have access to directly. And saying, actually, if you refine these aspects of your trial design, the chances are going to be increased, and then automatically would lead to a, a better risk selection for us and a lower lower likelihood of, of claim, which yeah. that, that feedback yeah. is important. And ultimately, with that, the cost of borrowing, let's say, for the trial company comes down. So for, from our point of view, Innovatrix is, is acting as a bridge between these life science sector, but also the risk capital markets in a way to bring the cost of an average trial down. Piers, remind me, the average cost of a trial getting to approval, I think it's about two billion US, right? Yes, effectively, the the the, the opportunity, which includes all the opportunity costs, very few trials actually, you know, about 50 trials are approved each year by the, the, N, by the FDA against a, a backdrop of a global pipeline of about 18,000. So, you know, the costs of, of, of incurred represented by a successful drug are in that region. It, it, it's astronomical. Right. You know, I mean, as we discussed the indemnity in insurance, normally the payouts in such cases, you know, it really doesn't happen until the entire process of the loss adjustments and, you know, the claims evaluation is done, which is quite a lengthy process of months together. But absolutely, yeah. What parametric would actually do it? Will 
fasten the payouts it brings more flexibility to the process and certainly the possibility to provide you know such coverages for any models which is difficult to uh, you know process in such sort of uh, insurance uh, model right like indemnity as you mentioned so i think the loss ratio would be much uh, what do you say uh, promising with respect to on the lower Absolutely. side of it we believe so yeah i mean if you yeah. we're not averse to putting out an indemnity product that, that utilizes the analytics because we believe the risk selection will bring the loss ratio down but you're absolutely right the, the loss adjustment expenses for for use for using expert claims handlers or rather third parties to come and validate those claims that yeah. is a lengthy process and parametric simplifies that it's it's yeah. all it, to, yeah. to, to, for the most part it's model driven if the model suggests that the trigger uh ace well it suggests a certain outcome then you assess mm -hmm. that against the policy triggers and and it's a very simple yes or no it's a payout or it's not the question then becomes um or rather from the insurer's point of view it's a question of negative basis risk are <laughs> the clients able to gain this and, and the basis risk comes down to the quality of the model um from from our understanding and again you know we, we every every company and every uh data source is, is different but on average i suspect most weather models yeah. um have a basis risk of 20 25 percent which is it's not terrible at all. It's, it's actually very, very good. Our modeling has suggested a success rate, a successful appraisal of a phase um, anywhere between 86 and 93%. We take 90% on average. So the, the basis risk that comes using our modeling is is that much more is that, that much more small that we're, we're confident that the real world will reflect the model world and vice versa. Yeah, but I also think you know there's a huge gap in the customer education with respect to parametric. You know, people normally are not aware, and if they're aware, also there's a lot of regulatory concerns that might block the understanding of parametric, and hence, you know, the differences in the customer uh, behavior with respect to what they perceive out of parametric might cause a challenge for the industry. So, sure. do, do you think it yeah. uh, it can be solved, or how do we can how do we actually solve it with respect to literacy? I think it's yeah, my personal view, and Piers, you may you may differ. My my personal view of, of insurance generally is it's it's not necessarily well understood by people outside of sure. the insurance industry. Yeah. I think yeah. the mechanics of something that's so let's call it intangible because it's it's a contract we 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 all one time or another probably bought yeah. home insurance, car insurance, we pay for something that may or may not materialize. Yeah. And, and and by its very nature, people people don't look at it as something that they want. It's something that they may need or, or you know, it's it's a just in case uh, some some unfortunate or unforeseen thing happens. And and by its very nature, it's, it's got negative connotations because yes. of the nature of the yeah. potential claims. So I think it's a general issue across across insurance. Um, I, I agree with you, and, and to some extent, I, I look at that positively, um, as if if the whole industry, say, is poorly understood or necessarily not not really considered by the ultimate client. It's an it's a need, it's a requirement. Let's let's get it, uh, without really thinking about what, you know what what is this thing. We've got an opportunity to really start from the beginning, say, and, and yeah. educate the benefits, uh, sure. and educate about the benefits of the solution. And yeah. parametric then doesn't become the let's call it the um, the ugly cousin or yeah. the 
the unknown element of insurance. It becomes one of the suites of solutions of of, uh, of of insurance, and we can we can espouse the virtues of of the various different uh, different mechanics. Now, indemnity, we can say this is this is a policy. However, as with any insurance, there are a number of exclusions. Now, we want to. As an insurer, we want to manage and mitigate moral hazard. We don't want uh, a client, say, gaming the system, saying we've got insurance, now we can run this trial or anything haphazardly. We don't want poor risk management to be a, yeah. a result of having an insurance product in place. However, you can manage that through policy exclusions. At the same time, you can have a very simplified solution by way of parametric. If you're wanting quick turnaround, quick payout, so that you can run or continue your trial Day, then, then parametric comes to the fore. We have to you, you, you showcase the pros and cons of the various solutions, or rather the yeah. the different features of the different solutions, and then the customer has a much more informed view of what they're what they're buying. Of course, yeah, I, I, think, I, I think I think sorry, I'd, I'd add on that that I think what we're also trying to do with our product is sort of embed it into sort of the capital management of clinical trials and 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 you know the pharmaceutical industry. Using using these types of products as part of their armory in terms of managing the capital and you know the returns on capital that they can they can generate and I think putting it on a sort of more strategic as part of more a strategic armory for companies um, you know can provide potentially quite a quite wide benefits there. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, there are many concepts which is coming up, like from embedded insurance to micro insurance and parametric, but consumers really don't understand what exactly it is. And and yeah. as rightly, you know, Kasim yeah. mentioned, it's an opportunity for the insurers. Of course, it's, I would say it's a win-win for both because when you really do not know what exactly it is and traditionally people never would like to buy a product of, like insurance. Now it's kind of changing you know the landscape is changing with the invent of technologies and of course the understanding on the risk parameters and the protection of perceived risk that consumers of this generation wants so i think definitely it's a it's a win-win for both and it's it's a a good opportunity and good times for the insurance sector well Well, i think there's a couple of things there as well sri if i may yeah Uh, i I think you, you're finding that financial literacy is generally improving around the world. Yes. Um, it's becoming much more of a mainstream thing. So you want to start at the grassroots. You want younger Absolutely. younger people, especially those coming into uh, the working world, understanding their options and understanding different financial products and their benefits and or uh, structures, why they work for them. Uh, and yeah. that's the point. We're offering a service and that, that should be... That, that should be front and center. As with any of these financial services uh, solutions, these are services to the, the ultimate customer. And I think one of the things that certainly impressed us being a part of Lloyd's lab and the cohort nine has been Lloyd's intent to really open up in terms of innovation and really look at parametric solutions in a, in a way that makes them more mainstream. And they're, they're you know, combining that with the London Bridge project looking at bringing other forms of capital, third-party capital, into the space, you can see that the transition from from, from an obscure product, much more mainstream product, coming to life in the the coming years. And and this is a very exciting time for Innovatrix to be where we are because, you know, we're we're, we're at the forefront of all this and we're seeing this evolution. I mean, Piers, you you know, you've been in the industry for, what, 30-odd years. You've seen quite a bit of evolution. As a value of my opinion. Absolutely. Yeah. 
what we're seeing over the what we've seen over the last three to five years and what we're what, what the acceleration towards these cutting edge solutions coming through now with the advent of new uh, with, with yeah. new data, with new machines, with the ability to process so much, so much information at speed, you know, we're going to see a dramatic shift, we believe, in the insurance landscape over the next, the next five to ten years. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Piers and Kasim. It was a fantastic discussion. And thank you for sharing your thoughts today. A true delight to have you both as our guest. And lastly, to wrap this up, thank you for listening and see you at our next episode. Take care and stay safe. Goodbye for now.